Hello everyone and welcome to That Was Genius. This is a funny history podcast by Tom Berry and Sam Datter, exploring little-known stories and corners of the past. We'll get to the history shortly, but first, a couple of minutes of what we ominously call, quote, witty banter, highlights of our pre-recording chat, which usually ends up being mostly toilet humour. We went out for dinner last night. It was our anniversary and we went out for dinner without the baby for well, Shit! Um, for the first I time. The baby. Oh no, okay, <laughs> yeah. deliberately. Okay. No, we just left, no, we didn't forget it. We just left her in the Uber. <laughs> told, told her to take her on a tour of local soft play. <laughs> cats, stray cats. That'll keep her entertained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she found a worm in the garden for the first time today. That was very exciting for her. And, How did and it rather, taste? Rather terrifying for the worm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had that last year with Woodlouse. Oh, how exciting is that? Um, and lots of insects, actually. They would find them, pick them up in the hand, be fascinated with them, and then it would fall on the floor and one of them would stamp on it. <laughs> yeah. Playing God. That sounds That sounds very much like a young, like like a a human. young boy. <laughs> yes, like yeah. a human. Uh, yeah, so Essentially, we're just worm. slightly more polite cats. <laughs> we got a meal, she got a worm. Been a good. It's been a good day. What did you? Where did you go? What, what did you go for? What we went type to, of uh, cuisine? To an Italian, an Italian restaurant in Manchester called Salvi's, which is run by uh, genuine Neapolitans, people of Naples, and uh, it's very, it's great because the food's amazing, and there's just very authentic Italian arguments coming out from the kitchen all the oh, time. Yeah. You can just hear the screaming. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's authentic. No, I like, I like that. I, I remember going to a Italian in Wimbledon. Oh, with a friend, and that was the same authentic Italian experience. We went actually, we didn't. Yeah, we went to get a big pizza. It's not one of those pizzas that's the size of a table. It comes yeah. in a massive box. I don't think that's authentic. <laughs> don't think that's how the Italians do it. Oh well, these Italians definitely did. And <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right, but um, no, they were they were arguing in Italian as they were giving it to us. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you always making the big ones? <laughs> Why do the pizzas always have to be so big? <laughs> I don't understand these are stupid imperial measurements. They ask for a 12-inch pizza, I give them a 12-foot 12 pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the opposite of uh, the film Spinal Tap. <laughs> uh, With the tiny stone hinge and the funny man that dance around it and they had to get to the little man. <laughs> it's very funny. Anyway, your mother is a whore. <laughs> and gives his boys their pizza. <laughs> Mm. Well, we don't actually go out for Italian very often because our pizzas are so good. Because you're so authentically Italian. No, it's more that if we go out for a, uh, go for a meal out or get a takeaway, we like it to be better than what we could, but we could cook at home. Modest. <laughs> uh, but and we cook good pizzas. Well, I say I never get the pizza at this Italian place. It's I, I'm assured by many people it's very good, but I always go for the pasta. Uh, what type of pasta? Because it's beautiful. So last night, it's simple but effective. None of, the, none of this with, is making the with, cut, grated, yeah. with grated cheese. <laughs> yeah, with, with <laughs> Tesco value cheddar. <laughs> Ragu. Yeah. <laughs> poured over it. Heated in the microwave yeah. and poured it's over. A, it's a Maya Dolmio day. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was rigatoni, so the, the fat penne. Oh, he served it to you, did he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the living, the alive brother of rigor mortis, <laughs> rigor morti. <laughs> uh, <laughs> slightly rigid Tony. 
That's his gangster name. It's <laughs> like Richard Tony gets off on anything. <laughs> Just loves danger. <laughs> Anytime there's a bit of danger. <laughs> Just very uptight. <laughs> Excellent posture. Whoa, 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 though, Tom. Before we start, we've got a special shout-out to do. This week, I have been listening to an awful lot of countries that don't exist anymore. It is a brilliant history comedy podcast from hosts Ed and Phil, exploring, well, countries that don't exist anymore. And if you like silly accents and songs, and of course you do, you're listening to That Was Genius, then you will really enjoy this one. I absolutely love it. I've been having a ball listening to it this week. But rather than me wax lyrical about it for any longer, here are Ed and Phil to tell you about it themselves. Hello there, that was Genius fans. Now we know you like your history served up with funny, so we think you should check out our podcast, Countries That Don't Exist Anymore. What is Countries That Don't Exist Anymore, I hear you ask? Well, I'll tell you, I hear you ask. We tell the stories of countries that don't exist anymore, you know, hence the title. Like the Soviet Republic of Bavaria, mmm, and the Republic of Pirates, Arr. What are they? Well, find out. So if you like your obscure history served up with stories, sketches and songs, join Ed and Phil, yep, yeah, that's me, for... Countries that don't exist anymore. Check it out wherever you listen to great podcasts like this one, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at ctdeapod, or cut out the middleman altogether and head straight to ctdeapod.com. And now back to That Was Genius. Hello and welcome to That Was Genius, the little history podcast in which Tom... Hello. Adam, hello. Discuss history stories on a theme each week. We decide the theme a couple of weeks in advance, but everything else that happens is a surprise. And what, Tom, what in the name of all that's holy is today's topic? Medicine. It is medicine, isn't it? A good one for the public, this one, Sam. Yes, I'm I think so. I'm going to put it out there. I've got a cracker for you. Oh, have you? Absolute cracker. You want to see a doctor I'm... about that? <laughs> Uh, mind went in all different directions there. <laughs> Trying to work out what, <laughs> what the euphemism was for. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to be saying you want to see a doctor about that an awful lot this evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. And should I do audience feedback? Should I do audience you, feedback? You can quickly? absolutely do ontifants feedback if that's what you want to do. <laughs> We've been getting some feedback from elephants. We have, yes. The first one went... <laughs> Thank yes. you there to Nelly. <laughs> uh, no, so welcome to Bill and the patroniser to the Order of the Bathroom. Thank you. Uh, welcome back, Brennan too, who I think signed up yesterday. Yes. Good job. Hello, nice Brennan. Welcome all. back. Hello. Um, and Topper's Unpleasantries recommended Patois. <laughs> Patois. Put on. Um, Patois, that's um, that's sort of semi-languages, isn't it? Yes, it is. And we've kind of covered them a little bit before in Accents Week. Yeah. Still great. I think we can do that. I think we could do that, absolutely. Uh, That's all I've got for you, I'm afraid. Fair enough. That was the audience feedback. Yes, and welcome to our new members of the uh, members of the bathtub, the order of the bathtub. If you want to join and get an exclusive episode every other week of that was genius, little history podcast, plus medals, plus doodles, uh, artistic interpretations of our episodes, plus three songs you can download, then you can go to patreon.com/slash that was genius. 
where for only three, four or five pounds a month or equivalent in your local currency, you get all of that. That's brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant. And and I that, think that, there's I like reckon... 25 episodes. No, maybe not that many, but certainly over 20 episodes oh, of the podcast now. That's a lot. And I, I think your songs would make excellent ringtones. Mm. Yeah. And if they would. went off and someone in your vicinity knew about that was genius. Oh, can you imagine the japes? The, you, you're in there, aren't you? Imagine the joy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just, you, you'd, you'd get a high five. You get a, a random. You pulled right there. You pulled, yeah. You're in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, and, and if that does happen to you, uh, anyone in the audience, then uh, do do let me know. Invite me to the wedding and I'll perform it live as your first dance. The song about the origin of toilet paper. <laughs> and and you can um, you can also perform the ceremony, can't you? Aren't you a registered... Oh, well, I'm a humanist celebrant. Yes, I do non-religious humanist, weddings for fun. Humanist celebrant. Very, very, yeah. very good. Could be yours, audience members. Let us know. Could be mine. I don't think Tom- it will be. I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Renewal of vows. What are you seeing um, in your in your crystal ball? Tom, Tom will do the catering. Oh yes, pizzas. And or and or good, good he'll be the choir. Well. Yeah, choir master. Yeah, I, I do. I'm a very good singer, as many of our regular listeners will know. Yes. A beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Like an angel. <laughs> hell's angel like a hell's angel <laughs> no 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 uh, anyway yeah it's my good turn to go first isn't it it's your turn to go first go I on really can, I can't wait to get started just checking I'm recording alright <laughs> oh come on Tom. just give you, you a little bit of an early you, edit you better bloody you do because yeah oh yeah a bit of an early edit like I'm not going to edit out anything that's been said so far <laughs> <laughs> the editing side of things is just a mystery to me I think it probably takes <laughs> you five minutes uh, multiply that by... All oh, the fuck-ups in every 40, episode. 48. <laughs> uh, yeah, so where was that? Anyway, I've gone ancient four Egyptian... four hours of editing each week. Four yeah. hours. Good, good grief. I know. Um, that is dedication to <laughs> the It's course. all Nelson Mandela impressions and hilarious anecdotes <laughs> about life in New Zealand. <laughs> I've cut back on those. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the Nelson cut. Mandela impressions. <laughs> you cut, cut st- back even more when the episodes go out. <laughs> I've, still, I've still got plenty of interesting facts about so, <laughs> wind energy from New Zealand. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> anyway. That's what anyway. else Tom brings to the wedding ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wind energy. A cracky, yeah, big wind energy. <laughs> what we need now here, guys, is an enthusiastic fart. Okay. <laughs> Um, I've got an ancient Egyptian this week, which Have I'm you? very happy with, yeah, because Ooh. I don't feel like I've chosen to discuss anything really old for quite a while. I've been stuck in no. the Victorian period. I think you have as well, actually. You've been I quite have. Modern. Yes, I have. Um, a quick honorary mention from ancient Egypt, which is Iri, keeper of the royal rectum. I won't oh. say any more about that. I'm just going to leave that out there. <laughs> I, I also, is that like the master of the stool? I think it is similar. Yeah, I think it is. Iri keeper of the royal rectum. Yeah, colonic irrigation. That's where that. That's where that term came from. I actually think it is. I genuinely Do think you know, it, it is could well be actually. I, I genuinely think from what I, I was. I wasn't going to say any more about it, but I think it was a position in ancient Egypt for someone who um, gave the gave the the royal anus a good clean out every now and again. <laughs> Anyway, I also got a bit stuck trying to research, which is a little bit connected to this, Drekapothecary. Oh, that's very Harry Potter. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, possibly. Possibly. (laughs) It was a boarding school, so quite possibly. Um, Drekapothecary, when I stumbled across it in a book on medicine... I just thought, oh, this is brilliant. And I, I stumbled across it within seconds of starting my research. Unfortunately, I just couldn't find anything. 
Drekapothecary is the use of shit in medicine to drive off demons, presumably oh, because they're so disgusted that you'd ingest that stuff <laughs> that they've decided oh, to piss off to someone shit. else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, okay. Yeah, as a topic, it was so niche that there were only a few secondary sources and I was unable to find English <laughs> translations of any and of them. All of them were on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> really? Does that stuff exist? <laughs> I think, what, what rule is it? There's a rule, is there? From- known as Rule 34 of the Internet. <laughs> Which is? Uh, if it exists on the Internet, there's a porn of it. <laughs> oh. However, what I did find eventually is outstanding. It's one of the best primary sources and modern commentaries I've ever found. Oh, wow. And I'm talking about the Ebers Papyrus and a wonderfully amusing translation and commentary from 1930 by Cyril P. Bryan. Oh, um, it's been written in a slightly confusing way. Brian skips from his commentary to the translation of the document rather erratically instead of just introducing the document and letting it speak for himself. It's very much like my dissertation tutor at university who would just occasionally slip into Sumerian whilst talking to me. That's that's Yeah, that's interesting. How many people would have understood that? Literally three. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't one of them. Anyway, um, as you will find out, I'm delighted he did things his own unique way. Okay. Right, the Ebers Papyrus is one of ancient Egypt's most detailed documents on medical matters. It dates from around 1500 BC, but some of the content is probably thousands of years older than this, ancient Egypt being well old. It was very old. Very old. The early dynastic period, for anyone who doesn't know, um, that's a useful starting point for ancient Egyptian history. That's about 3100 BC. Yeah. Classic fact that we've mentioned in this podcast before, Cleopatra lived closer to the invention of the iPhone than she did the building of the pyramids. That's right. Just shows you how old Egypt is, how goddamn old it is. I think 3100 BC was when um, the upper and the lower Nile were unified into um, an Egyptian kingdom, I think. I think that's why it's chosen as a start. So civilization stretches on beyond that quite a bit as well. Anyway, I think. Not great on my Egyptian history. Cyril Bryan actually claims that this is the oldest book ever written. That was in oh. 1930, mind you. He notes that there were older papyri in 1930, but only odd scraps, nothing uh, that was one whole coherent document. When oh, so Bryan, he meant the oldest one that they'd found. Yeah, the, the old, it was. It's not the oldest. Um, it's not the oldest written document, but it was the old oldest set of written documents that were clearly one whole. Gotcha. Clearly, a book. When Brian was translating this document, academic understanding of ancient Egyptian medicine, horticulture, biology, etc. was very limited, so much of the document was just intelligible. For example, there were references in the document to plants or herbs, but academics didn't have an accurate translation of these words, so they just didn't know what they were. As you'll soon find out, though, they had some of these ingredients in the 700 or so potions are bonkers, and... There were good translations for them. Um, regardless, mm-hmm. uh, this translation of a German translation of the original document was the best anyone had attempted at the time, and I think the most recent translation is from the late 80s. Now, this is all the sensible historical stuff because the majority of my contribution this week is going to be reading some of some Brian's sarcastic commentaries. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> um, there's quite a cool story about how the papyrus came to be found. A German Egyptologist called George Ebers, hence the name, was excavating in Thebes when a wealthy Egyptian approached him. This Egyptian opened his trench coat to reveal numerous worthless artefacts Ebers had no interest in. You know, Osiris in a snow dome, I heart Luxor shirts, etc. My dad got mummified and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> um, however, the, Egyptian const- the Egyptian's constant winking, nodding and utterances of, you know what I'm saying, mate, 
led Ebers to realise that the Egyptian was really wanting to show him something else. So Ebers, res- <laughs> yeah. So Ebers responded with a wink and nod, and and nine months later, a baby was born. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you are saying, mein Kumpel. If you have anything worth more, nod, wink, and I am willing to pay handsomely for it. <laughs> the next day, I will put my Egyptian- hands in your pockets, uh, my pockets, and <laughs> together we will find. <laughs> Narnia. Okay, yes. <laughs> oh, are you going to show me your lost tomb? <laughs> Can I put my finger in your sphinxster? <laughs> oh dear. Shall we unify our upper and lower Niles? <laughs> oh, boy, this is the Valley of the Kings down here. <laughs> Indeed, it is. <laughs> Dry and sandy. <laughs> you know, I have some cream. It's from Nivea. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> the next day the Egyptian G- German, returned. Just German. <laughs> and the next day the Egyptian returned with what later became known as the Eber papyri. It took Eber's breath away. It was formed into a roll, a foot in width and sixty-eight feet in length. But the Egyptian oh, wow. wasn't willing to sell it cheap. Luckily, a wealthy German turned up a little later, who was a friend of Eber, and agreed to pay for it. Eber then returned to Germany and translated the document over the course of a few years. It turns out the document was discovered around 14 years earlier in a tomb near Thebes between the legs of a mummy. However, the man who found it... <laughs> it's a yeah. well-endowed mummy. Woof. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> However, the man who found it... <laughs> Did the mummy have quite a large smile on his face? <laughs> When it was pulled out, he did. (laughs) You want to see a doctor about that? (laughs) What this Tomb Raider didn't realise is as he yanked it out of the mummy's arse, he actually actually initiated a huge Indiana Jones-style mechanism. Yeah. (laughs) Which had almost locked him in. (laughs) The tomb. (laughs) It was just a wound-up the clockwork mechanism inside the mummy. Yeah, he came chasing after, came chasing after this Tomb Raider. Um, anyway, um, the man who found it rather discourteously died shortly after, so the full provenance of the document is lost to history in the deepest recesses of that mummy's crotch. Marvelous. Um, and tragic. Marvelous. 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 Um, the last little piece of history here: the document was written in hieratic, which is a cursive form of hieroglyphics. Yes. Basically, hieroglyphics are for great big buildings and monuments, but they're not very good for shopping lists and scrolls. Um, so hieratic was evolved. It was deciphered after the Rosetta Stone was discovered in 1799 and deciphered in 1822. Not directly, though, because the Rosetta Stone contained script in Greek, hieroglyphics and demotic, but not hieratic. There you go. There's a little bit of history for you. Yeah. Now on to the document. Let's start, as Brian does, with being bunged up. Quote... A glance at the papyrus ebers dispels once for all any idea that constipation is a scourge of the modern world brought about by modern conditions of living and eating. For page after page, from the very beginning of the papyrus, the scribe sets down purgative after purgative, all remedies designed to cure constipation, or as he more crudely puts it, to drive out the excrement in the body of a person. Um, Here's an example. Uh, White cake... purgative being purging. Purgy. Purgy? Pervy? What? (laughs) <laughs> purgative pur- pur- purgative yeah, yeah and here's an example a white cake red tit corn milk of a woman mix into one and let the person drink <laughs> red tit corn yeah red tit corn 
Okay. Not sure what that is. Not quite sure what white cake is. <laughs> but presumably it's cakey and white. Um, Isn't white cake something that was ended up being used in explosives? I'm sure that's not what the Egyptians were talking about. But I thought it was. I thought it was a tribute band like a new- with really fat rockers. <laughs> nice. With, with really big, billowing white sh- open shirts. <laughs> the Great British Bake Off glam rock band. <laughs> Sandy Tosvig playing guitar solo. I'm trying to think of. Oh, come on. There's some good. There's this, some is, good this is obviously a White Snake pun. I'm trying to think of some good White Snake songs. Christ, that's going to be a long and hard search. Is this love, baby? Don't hurt me. No, that's a different. That one. wasn't White Snake, was it? No, they got a song called "This Is Love," but I can't remember how it goes. Here I go. Here I go again on my own. Oh, there we go. There you go. Here I go again, baking scones. <laughs> <laughs> I burnt the last batch all on my own. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know that song well enough to carry it on. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Uh, another has a list of ridiculous ingredients. Uh, this is another recipe for curing constipation and has the following instructions. Keep moist and take for four days. Um, a few things to note here. Quite wide is four days and not three or even five is boggling. Um, the word arbitrary springs to mind. It's also not clear whether it is the potion that needs to be kept moist or the patient. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Here's one for you. So we're going now from constipation to diarrhoea. Here's a recipe. Oh, that's, that's what happens when you leave it for six days. <laughs> yeah, it goes all wrong. And Steady. then, well, it's all a bit of a racket then, isn't it, for these bloody uh, isn't it? recipe book, med- medicinal recipe cook creators. Um, so here's one for diarrhoea. Green onions, freshly cooked gruel, oil and honey, wax, water. Cook and take for four days again. Um, yeah. The wax would probably do it. Yes. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> the green onions would, though. Anyway. Um, onions. The green onions. Not the green onions would. They'll make you shit. That's what a green onion does. Here's another with a quite wonderful comment at the end by Brian. Okay. Red dough, pit corn, fresh lead earth, onions, elderberry. Sing Oh Hetu again. Oh Hetu. Quote from Brian. Which in the circumstances appears to be a very appropriate word to chant. <laughs> <laughs> From what I could make out, Hetu was a god. So it's basically shouting, Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> oh dear. Um, here's another wonderful commentary from Brian after a few simple recipes for indigestion. Thereafter, the scribe panics. Having tried onions and dates separately, he next prescribes them together, cooked in milk. If this failed, as indeed it may have done, one could essay a sort of sundae prepared by crushing wonder fruit in cooked cow's milk and adding cream to it. The dyspeptic, with perverted cravings, was not overlooked. He was catered for with sundae prepared by crushing wild lettuce in a sauce composed of oil, beer and sour milk, cooked together in a basin. While much ink has been used up throughout the ages in settling down remedies upon remedies for indigestion, it was only in ancient Egypt that the ink bottle itself was spilt into the remedy. (laughs) And then he goes to give a rather strange recipe that involves ink. Brian continues to detail remedies for indigestion and then tapeworm and ringworm, one of which involved cat shit, another involved cow bile, amongst other ridiculous ingredients. Once again, I hand over to Brian. 
that some of the patients after a course of treatment on the lines indicated in the foregoing and succeeding pages should complain of anal discomfiture is not a thing for wonder. Consequently, it occasions no surprise to find a large section devoted to relieving the sequilla. <laughs> Heading. Remedy to cool the anus. Onion meal, tail of mouse, honey, water, strain and take for four days. Ooh. Let's say it again, sorry. Mouse. That, a tail of a mouse. Yeah. Oh. And I don't think that's, you know, like, like a yarn. I actually think, <laughs> I think it's... The, the back end of a mouse. Yes. I suppose use yours as a swizzle stick, maybe. Tell us a story, old mouse. Ah, I've got a few good stories from my time. Let me tell you about the time I was used as a cure for diarrhoea. <laughs> to cool someone's anus. <laughs> yes. And I tell you, there's nothing warmer than an Egyptian's anus. No. Particularly a mummy. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Valley of the Kings is a hot and dry place. <laughs> <laughs> I blew and I blew and I blew. <laughs> and did it cool it down? Not a jot. So hickory dickory dock, I just ran up his cock. <laughs> up his urethra, though it was steep, I didn't stop until I reached the top. <laughs> I yanked at the belt, relieved the gown, and down his fat. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. <laughs> I was trying to end in trousers down because it's funny when people's trousers fall down. It is. Very funny. Oh, but Tommy, you fool. The Egyptians didn't wear trousers. No, no, they didn't. Well, they didn't wear them as we, th- as we do today. They used to wear them on their heads, didn't they? To provide <laughs> yes. shade for their shoulders. Yes. Um, here's another heading straight from the source, just translated. Another to reduce the smarting in the anus. Fat of the antelope, caraway. Roll into a pill and put in the anus. Oh. Smarting in the anus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't, want an, don't want an anus that thinks. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants. The, nobody wants to see the anus rise up. <laughs> it has its natural place. Yes. <laughs> At the bottom of society. <laughs> it is not. It is there not. is a natural order of things. The anus should not be delivering lectures. At Oxford? No, no. Should it not? No, it should be running the country as Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> it should be trying to get us out of a pandemic. Yes. That's what the it should be doing. It should be driving to a well-known landmark 200 miles for home, from home for an eye test. Absolutely. And then, a matter of months later... Use this as an opportunity to stab your old friend in the back and <laughs> sell <laughs> books. Anyway, um, another to cool after the other medicines. Ox bile, boiled milk, honey and wonder fruit. Strain and pour on the anus for a day. <laughs> that's, that's a long day, isn't that it? That is a long day. Of pouring this stuff on your anus. I mean, presumably you can recycle the same batch. Yeah, so you must just have to sit on a large bowl of... <laughs> oh, you know what? It says sit pour face on. down in a bath. It doesn't say bathe. It doesn't say bathe the anus for a day. It says pour it. Okay. So you pour. must have to just put your legs in the air and have a bowl under your bum. Yes. And then, I don't know, maybe... And then a, just another bowl. Yeah, that's pouring Two out. Two bowls full of milk, yeah. Yeah, and just have a constant flow. Yeah, I don't know what Wonder Fruit is either, by the way. It sounds uh, great. It's, <laughs> it's my superhero name, Tom. <laughs> Wonder Fruit. Because <laughs> if you're giant melons, I don't know. You can well indeed, yes. <laughs> um, here's another heading. Another remedy against sores in the anus. Egg of the goose. Oh, hello. I'm listening now. Guts of the goose. Clap on the anus. Cap? Clap. No, you you have to oh, clap, clap it on. <laughs> onto the anus. You get the egg of a goose, the guts of a goose, and you clap it on the anus. Right. 
I, I'm going to be honest. It's an I interesting think round possibly, of applause, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to stick with the preparation H. I think. <laughs> How are your piles? I mean, I'd say that this isn't appropriate. This isn't appropriate conversation for the for the dinner table. This is a, a podcast about medical procedures, and I was very tempted, in fact, to do. Uh, <laughs> Stab myself in the back, up the arse, and do uh, treatments for hemorrhoids this week, but couldn't find quite enough to say. <laughs> and it would have involved a lot of personal anecdotes. It would have, yes. Um, anyway, moving on to headaches. Uh, quote, for the most part, his headache remedies are repulsive messes, their sole redeeming feature in our eyes being that they are not to be taken internally, but rubbed in externally. <laughs> Read the instructions carefully. <laughs> Here's one. Inner of onions, fruit of the am tree, natron, sets of seeds, bone of the swordfish, cooked, redfish, cooked, skull of the crayfish, cooked, honey, abra ointment. Smear the head therewith for four days. <laughs> I'd say that actually, does, that just sounds like a slightly fishy tagine. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, like honey, sweet potato and fish. Yeah. It's a slightly odd stew, it but I can think of worse things. It's fish as well, so that's slightly it's less offensive. Fish. Yeah, and just rub I that mean, on your head. I mean, by day four, it's going to be unpleasant for your family. But, <laughs> but it'd be good for your head. I think yeah. probably by the fourth day of sitting down rubbing shit and <laughs> rubbing this foodie shit on your head, the headache will have probably gone anyway. Yes, that's how it works, Tom. That's the magic cure. That, <laughs> time. Thanks, Imhotep. Yep. Um, here, you truly have cured us. Here are a selection of other silly medicines. Um, for a splinter, apply male and female semen. Wow. Yeah, yeah, female semen. Um, yes. If you need, if you need your urine <laughs> from, regu- from Big Olga down the road, <laughs> you know the one with the Adam's apple. <laughs> What's my genuine female semen? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, if you need your urine regulated, crocus from the south, beans roasted. Put in oil and anoint with phallus therewith. <laughs> anoint with phallus? Sorry, anoint the phallus therewith. Right. <laughs> Sl- slap it off with a tick. <laughs> okay. No, 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 don't be silly. Put in oil and anoint the phallus therewith. So you, you rub oh, it over psh, your wound. what else, yeah. There you go, <laughs> if you, to regulate your urine. Uh, what, have, what have we got here? To regulate... This is a quote from Brian again. To regulate menstruation, the patient was douched with a mixture of garlic and wine. If this failed, a douche composed of fennel, wonderfruit, honey and sweet beer was substituted and persisted for four days. Huh. Remedy to allow the womb of a woman to slip into its place. All right. Okay. This is an interesting <laughs> one. Yes. A film of dampness which is found on the wood of ships. Rubin. <laughs> yeast of fermented beer. And let her drink it. <laughs> Good. Can't imagine anything that a woman would like more than yeast and ship slime. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Sounds like a jazz duo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. or an '80s detective (laughs) duo. (laughs) Yeast and slip ship slime. (laughs) Ship slime. (laughs) God damn it, ship slime! You're a renegade. You're a renegade. I know oh, you, but you're so book smart. You're so book smart. You just sit there, slowly stewing, fermenting. I'm a man of action. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get out there and get my feet wet. Oh, dear. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the Adventures of Yeast and Ship Slide. <laughs> That's an episode title. Write that down in my funny things note. <laughs> 
Have you thought that was bad, bad incidentally, for um, helping a, a woman's womb slip into its place? Try dried human excrement put in incense. The woman bends herself <laughs> over the same and lets the fumes thereof penetrate into her sex organs. Oh. There you go, so burn some shit and squat over it. <laughs> yeah. Squat over a pile of burning poo. Because usually after a hearty meal of... <laughs> Honey and sweet potato fish stew. The uh, the poo's quite hot when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief! Here's another great commentary. This is the lowest we've sunk in quite a while. <laughs> Here's another great commentary from Brian. Note that scruff is dried skin, like dandruff. If the scruff was complicated by hardenings in all the limbs of a person, heroic measures in the shape of a poultress composed of pieces of excrement, cat's dung, dog's dung, and berries of the zet plant were taken. It drives out all the scurf, the scribe added reassuringly. One devoutly hopes so. (laughs) (laughs) And here's another great commentary on a remedy for a sore eye. Ass's tooth. Mix in water and apply around the patient's eye so that he recovers quickly. Quote from Brian, The remedy does not sound very convincing, but it has the merit of being clean, and as such is infinitely to be preferred to the remedy employed by a recent patient of the writer, who for the three weeks preceding had been vigorously, and to his surprise unavailingly, bathing his bleary eyes night and morning with his own urine. <laughs> yes. Well, more on that anon. Nice. A um, bit more funny commentary. Finally, with a thoroughness that does him credit, we find the cosmetic preparations supplemented by remedy for sweaty feet. (laughs) (laughs) Remedy to drive away sweaty feet in a person. Uudu, plant of the fields, eel from the canal, warm in oil and smear both feet therewith. (laughs) (laughs) Eel from the canal. I've got eely feet. Fresh eely feet. Won't you come and smell my fishy feet? I've got shit from the field and shit from the stream. Won't you come and smell my eely feet? I don't know where I was going with that, but I had a good time. I liked it. I don't know where it came from. I didn't know where it was going, but I liked the journey. Uh, Thanks. Um, Here's my final quote from Brian. Uh, Remedy to stop the crying of a child. Pods of the poppy plant. (laughs) Good. That's all you need. Fly dirt, which is on the wall. Make into one, strain, and take for four days. It acts at once. Quote from Brian. (laughs) This is startling. No other word can convey the amazement with which one finds that the means employed to quell the squealing infant 5,000 years ago are identically the same as many a modern mother employs today. Let us compare them. Remedy to stop the crying of a child. New style. Powder which contains opium. Fly dirt which is on the dummy. Mix in the child's mouth. It acts at once. <laughs> Only slightly less startling is another recipe from that far distant past. To keep mice away from clothes. Cat's fat. Smear on everything possible. Nowadays, our expansive wardrobes, not to mention other prejudices, prejudices prohibit this method. But it is still the cat which we employ to keep the mice away. And, and there ends um, the wonderful document, which I thoroughly enjoyed reading. Fantastic. From Cyril P. Bryan, his translation of the Ebers Papyri. Suitably sarcastic translation. Oh, wonderful. I'm from the 1930s as well, where I'm sure people were generally a bit more prudish. Yes. I can't believe they were still using opium for stroppy kids in the 1930s. Uh, what sort of things? I know were they there? were in like the nineteen hundred, the early nineteen hundreds, but I thought by nineteen thirty they'd be over that. What about your grandparents? So my my one of my grandparents back in the fifties and sixties had things 
on a bedside table that you wouldn't be able to buy nowadays. <laughs> and I forgot what they were called. They all had names. Go- gollywogs, Tom. They were called gollywogs. No, no yeah. <laughs> but it was thing. It was stuff like opium, and they were called stuff like black bullets or well, that's a a Geordie sweet. Uh, but, but they were called things. <laughs> they had actual names, and everyone used to use them. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Times have changed, Sam. Happy, Not always for the times, better. Halcyon, halcyon days. Yeah. yeah, and you wonder why baby boomers always think, oh, it was better in the 50s and 60s, because they were off their tits. <laughs> Fantastic, Tom. Well done. Thank you. You can, Incidentally, if anyone wants to find that, you can find it online uh, very easily. Good. That's not particularly specific direction. <laughs> Google it yourself, you bastards. <laughs> yes. If anyone's interested in finding this source... Fucking go for it. You very quickly find it. It's at uh, HTTPS, so on and so forth. Babel.hathitrust.org. Babel.hathitrust.org. Yep, it's an online translation. Yeah, the Papyrus Ebus, translated from the German version by Cyril P. Bryan. Very good. <laughs> Cyril P. Bryan. Um, that was really interesting Tom thank you very much it's a pleasure as always absolute pleasure I don't have any sources this week just the way I like it (laughs) Uh, well that's that's not entirely true but I'm not really quoting any sources today I'm going to be taking a a very mature Tom a very mature scientific and historic look at the medical uses of we through the ages Hooray! Uh, I'm not going to lie, this is a bit of a whistle-stop tour because there's been a a lot of human urine splashed about over the aeons and over the sheets, the floor, the car seat and apparently Donald Trump's face on a business trip to Moscow. We everywhere, Tom. I didn't realise that was part part of the story that he got weed on. Yes, by two prostitutes whilst sleeping in a bed formerly slept in by Obama. How do you know all these details? Were these details publicly available, Sam? Or do you know people oh, in yes. high places? Oh, well, it's, these allegations are publicly available. Yeah. This was that was a British spy, wasn't it, who released those allegations? Or Yes, that was that was in his files, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, as a result, I've had to concentrate it uh, this week into quite a short but powerful stream, Tom, of consciousness, obviously. Yes. Not of Lots not of, of golden showers. No. Yes. Uh, interestingly, we is still used in a lot of alternative therapies today. Uh, air quotes, alternative therapies. Uh, and it's not uncommon for people to try and drink their own or children's we uh, to get over everything from the common cold to wrinkles. Alcoholism as well, isn't it? Alcoholism. Uh, yes. Yeah. Apparently the, the, the urine of a young child who hasn't drunk mm. any alcohol is very good for getting over alcoholism. Apparently I've heard the same for smoking as well. Place one foul oddly. habit with another. <laughs> yes. Only marginally better. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Why not go in hard and go for both of them? Just start vaping urine flavours. <laughs> really drive people away at the bus stop. Mm, yeah. Ammonia. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you mentioned that they're still, you know, urine still used in alternative therapy. Well, actually, ingesting poo is actually yes. used. That is actually a legitimate. A faecal transplant is a very good way of rebuilding uh, a broken yeah. microbiome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After particularly harsh course of antibiotics or uh, some chemotherapy. Exactly, there you go. And ah, also and caesareans. A so if, if a child has a caesarean, yes, they smear the child true. in all the gunk because that's what would happen during a conventional vaginal delivery. Yeah, absolutely. And introduces lots of important bacteria to the child. That's why you're supposed to do skin to skin as well with a, with a child when they're first born so they can kind of pick up some of your, um, your skin bio. Or must. You must, yeah. I mean, uh, they, the doctors didn't specify that I shouldn't shower for five days beforehand, but uh, that was my choice. 
Hello, weed all she's, over myself. She's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, don't don't try drinking your own wee for anything, kids. There's literally no medical evidence to support it, and there hasn't been for several thousand I'm just years. Just imagining you rolling in fox poo by the bins outside the hospital. <laughs> I'm going to give her the best start in life. <laughs> I'm doing this for you, kid. So, as far back as Roman times, Tom, we have good old Pliny the Elder. Good old Pliny the Elder. I almost went there. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Ah, um, so in natural history, he recommends fresh urine for the treatment of, of bites, skin irritations, burns, diseases of the rectum, and chaps upon the body. Uh, so <laughs> something to pack in your man bag before a grinder date. Woof. Nice. <laughs> a posh grinder date. <laughs> chaps Ch- upon yes, the body. Chaps, obviously. Not blokes. <laughs> yes. yes, this is the kind of, Yes, okay, a grinder date in the House of Lords. <laughs> Well, there's been a few of those. Well, it's House of Commons. Yes. Yeah. in the news, isn't it? Yeah. So he also recommends we for bleaching the teeth, uh, for gout, for ulcers, and uh, mixed with ash and rubbed all over a baby, it's great for nappy rash. Um, I mean, you could just rub it over the nappy area, but whatever. And uh, it's also recommended for porridge or porrigo, which is basically eczema. And I really hope, Tom, isn't the etymology of where the word porridge comes from. I was from. thinking, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, porridge comes from the Latin for eczema. Mmm. Scratchy. <laughs> yes, mmm. <laughs> O.T. <laughs> Raisins. Lakes of skin. Uh, <laughs> um, and it can apparently even cure cancer as well. It can't, don't do it. Uh, he also goes on to he recommends it for scorpion stings stating that quote the person who has been injured has only to touch the crown of his head with a drop of his own urine and he will experience an instantaneous cure <laughs> that's not true <laughs> but it's a good trick if you can do it <laughs> yeah, being able to yeah. piss into the edge drop and then catch it on your head <laughs> oh excellent it'd be like that Kim Kardashian picture of her with <laughs> the bottle of champagne and the glass on her ass. Oh, I'm not sure I've seen that one I'm not sure oh, I do t- either. Apparently, quote unquote, broke the internet. No, I don't oh. bother. Is it as good as the one um, of the two Chuckle Brothers with a fan? Well, it looks like there's a massive cock in between them. <laughs> I haven't seen that Whoa. one. Sending that to you right now. Uh, am I in for a treat? Oh, I can't believe you've not seen this one. Chuckle Brothers' penis, I've searched for. Rule 34, Tom. Rule 34. I can't believe you haven't seen this. Go on, Lance. I'm just getting a link. That's a brilliant photo. It is an absolutely brilliant photo. I can't believe you have seen this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, that puts the Eber Papyrus to shame, doesn't it? Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Muggo dick. Quality. I like the way one wow. of the Chuckle Brothers okay. is pointing at it. Well, there's just a knob in a cup there. <laughs> yeah. Right there is a penis in a glass. That is, uh, to quote the article you've just sent me, quite the tally whacker. Yeah. me. Uh, so, finally, finally, in the field of medical cures, and uh, this has already been mentioned, he suggests washing out your eyes daily with piss to improve your eyesight and stop eye irritation. After which, of course, Tom, you can see clearly that this was a shitty idea. (laughs) But a wee can do more than just cure what ails you. It can also cheer you up, apparently by rubbing ashy piss between your toes. (laughs) 
a kind of compote of ash and piss. It's a great cure for depression. Uh, largely, I suspect, <laughs> much like for curing itchy eyes, because only afterwards do you realise that life was actually not as bad as you thought it was before you had pissy ash rubbed all over your feet. Yeah, it's, there's also quite a simple way of doing that, but or there certainly was back in the noughties. You just took your shoes off at a pub. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, before the smoking ban yeah, came in. easy. Yeah, barefoot in the urinals. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be the happiest man in town. <laughs> barefoot in the urinals. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, ashy, ashy piss between your toes is a good cure for depression. Uh, Ashley, Ashley Tom- piss between your toes. Ashley, yeah, famous nineties footballer. I was, yeah. I, was, I was thinking of the Changing Rooms presenter. Ashley, <laughs> only presented it for a while. Ashley piss. <laughs> yeah. Along with Lawrence Llewellyn yeah. urine. Lawrence Llewellyn bog roll. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Not good. Co- it's not good content. <laughs> not great comedy. So uh, yes, it was also a great cure for infertility. A wee tom, according to the Romans. Uh, apparently, drinking the urine of a eunuch could bring on ovulation in women. And I've got no idea if the air quotes science behind that is in any way linked to the actual science of wee-based ovulation tests today. I, I think you're probably wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as wrong as a Roman. Yeah. No. I... Based based on the uh, scientific credibility of everything else you've said, um, <laughs> yeah, and the historic credence, yeah, yes, I, 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 sus- I suspect this is just luck that there is any Wrong. Answer to that. Yes. <laughs> any link. Yeah. Incidentally, Tom, drinking the wee of high testosterone animals like stallions and bulls is apparently also good for awakening sexual energy in men. Oh come on, darling! Firstly, it's my birthday. Secondly, I've spent half the day with my head wedged between a bull's legs, trying to get myself ready for this evening. Uh, on the plus side, I think I've made a friend for life. <laughs> but the least you could do is a handy. So you get the so the man's libido increases, but the stench of bull's piss on his breath also increases. It's not going to be the worst smell in the room because Roman women had a habit of smearing excrement on their cheeks. They really? By for makeup purposes, yes, they treat they use it as a moisturizer. Their own poo. Uh, no, the actually, poo of a virgin eunuch or something. Yeah, the poo of children, I think. Wow. On the other hand, Tom, we can also be a very potent contraceptive, uh, as any woman prepositioned in a bar by a drunk guy who's just missed at the urinal can attest. <laughs> uh, according to Pliny, it said that uh, if a man wheeze on the wee of a dog, it will disincline him to sexual thoughts. The dog uh, so, or the person? Uh, both. <laughs> So, teenage male listeners, handy life hack if you ever get an unsightly erection stirred on by the revving of the engine whilst sat on a bus. Uh, simply go to the front and piss on the guide dog. <laughs> that was said from first-hand experience. Yes. To be fair, Tom, either your erection will quickly disappear uh, or you'll get kicked off the bus by the driver. Either way, you no longer have an unsightly erection on a bus. <laughs> How often does this happen to you, Sam? Oh, daily. <laughs> Series of speed humps on the way out of Romsey. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Only took three. <laughs> Nascent sexual experience brought on by three sleeping policemen. Doesn't sound quite right, does it? I was thinking three dry humps. <laughs> American listeners, a sleeping policeman is British, weird British terminology for a speed hump. Yeah. Speed hump is weird British terminology for quickie. <laughs> Indeed it is. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tom, the Roman midwife Salpe apparently recommended that you could treat sunburn by slathering yourself in whisked egg white and wee, uh, which I think is essentially just sulphur-flavoured angel delight. (laughs) (laughs) Mmm. 
tasty. <laughs> Pistard. Mmm, <laughs> delightful urea meringue. <laughs> My favourite Eurovision contest winner. <laughs> Sweden 84, I believe. <laughs> Sounds like a sassy uh, Las Vegas diva, doesn't it? <laughs> urea meringue. <laughs> There's no business like show business. <laughs> Liza Minnelli and Urea Meringue on but, tour together. Whilst being pissed on <laughs> <laughs> by rows of men. <laughs> In, with the big feathers behind her back. There's no business like go business, like flow business. <laughs> I know every man around me is a pissing. All the little boys are crossing streams. I'm damp down to my undies. I'm yellow and I smell. (laughs) (laughs) You're a meringue. Brilliant. (laughs) Oh, dude, dated Frank Sinatra for a while. (laughs) She did, yeah. (laughs) Old Mickey Yellow Eyes. (laughs) Oh, old Mickey White Teeth. What's he been doing? (laughs) (laughs) What's your trick? Have you heard that anecdote from Tom Jones that he always comes out with? Where Frank Probably. Sinatra, you know, Frank Sinatra came up to Tom Jones and said, You can't keep bellowing it like that, your throat's not gonna last. Um and Tom Jones obviously his career's still going. Well, that's because he drinks his own piss. Keeps the larynx nice and smooth. <laughs> is that a thing he says? No, not the last bit. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the original anecdote is yes, factual. Tom Jones does not drink his own piss. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> Lawyers for Tom Jones have insisted. <laughs> we read out the following message. <laughs> my, Tom fully regrets insinuating. <laughs> Delilah. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Mama told me there ain't not no to... way to have fun. <laughs> Mama told me not to go on your rear meringue. <laughs> Mama told me not to go on your rear meringue. She said, there ain't no way to have fun. No ho. That ain't no way to have fun. <laughs> so moving on from the early modern period, and uh, and we Tom has been flung she's all got, over the battle. Oh, she's got grace. She will piss in your face. <laughs> she's a lady. We we we. She's a lady. Squatting down. She's a lady. Oh god. So, uh, yes, moving on to the early modern period, Tom, and we has been flung all over the battlefield over the years. <laughs> the, uh, the the constant wars between the English and the French have often been so called... Was the, pissing... the Incontinent Wars? <laughs> yes, hey. <laughs> the Incontinent Wars between the English and the French have often been called a pissing contest, and in the case of medical treatments, that is very much the case. Pioneering 16th century French surgeon and doctors of French royalty, Ambrose Paré, who's often considered the the father of modern surgery, uh, found that eye infections were often cured by washing the eyes out in day-old urine, which had been left in a bowl on the floor. Um, Much like like the Romans, I suspect any patient treated with old piss to the eyeballs would almost definitely claim that they were now feeling much better. Please and thank you, in order to get out there and stop being douched in piss. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile in England, King Henry VIII had Thomas Vickery as his royal surgeon who is seen uh, again he's a kind of forefather in his field he's one of the forefathers of modern anatomy teaching and he insisted that all battlefield wounds be washed out in urine before being stitched back together uh, doctor doctor give me the news I want a half pound of piss from you <laughs> 
doctor, doctor, we are my face. I've got a fractured skull from a Frenchman's mace, uh, etc., etc. Uh, thanks. The evidence in favour of this, incidentally, is that we is sterile when it's fresh. It is actually sterile. And so actually wood had been far better for washing out wounds than water at the time. Uh, which is fair enough, although it is a very niche pornography, that. Mm. Incidentally, Tom, the Italians were in on this too, um, in that they showed all sorts of very niche pornography on network TV during lunchtime, <laughs> when the kids can see it. Uh, no, Tom, no, they were into pissing on wounds too. Uh, in roughly 1550, there was a, a guy called Leonardo Fioravanti. Fioravanti. Leonardo Fioravanti. Use which takes suits. Uh, a doctor from Bologna who witnessed a fight in which a man's nose got sliced off. Wow. Feeling, fe- yeah, I know, right? It's a pretty intense fight. It must have been over the quality of his mother's pasta or something. <laughs> Feeling public-spirited, he quickly whopped out his todger and pissed all over the severed nose. Uh, I those lying on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> what about me? It was my nose. I'm the one that hurts. I know. I can't help but feel that that poor guy's day just got worse and worse. <laughs> Firstly, you got your nose locked off in a fight. No, and secondly, a guy comes... I was, I was pissing on it. Some random passerby. Oh, sorry. Wrong part. Oh, now you're pissing in my face. Yeah, <laughs> Hey, uh, what's going on here? He pisses you off? You slice his nose. Now I have to piss her on the nose to get all the blood off. Unfortunately, I have to stand at some distance for this. It's my anniversary tonight, so I've just got two pints out of that bullet over there. That's all right. The one smoking the cigarette. <laughs> anyway, I'm a nursing a low bone you could hang a leather jacket off. So I'm going to need to stand back a few meters. <laughs> this is going to sting and smell a little. <laughs> right, so me are done. I'm off. So people in the early modern period were also convinced that pee would protect you from the plague, and so used to soak masks in it, which didn't work against the plague, obviously, but did actually work against gas attacks in World War One. Uh, due to the ammonia in urea negating the effects of chlorine. Uh, it was also used to treat bee stings and acne through the years, uh, so, long as you, so long as, and this is a genuine tradition, Tom, which still exists today, people still do this, uh, urine is apparently excellent for treating acne as long as you rubbed your face with your own underwear at the end of the day. What? So as long as you daily rub your face with your piss-stained underwear, it will apparently treat acne. It won't. Who, how many people have piss-stained underwear? How about um, how about just develop some continents first? Yes, or just use a piece of tissue. Just a cheeky dab. Yeah, just at the end. Dab and a shake. Oh, God. So, I mean, that's a bad enough habit today, but it must have been even worse at a time when dysentery was rife and people only washed once every few weeks. And wiping your face with your own Getting undies. that on your face, yes. On the plus side, Very you have strange. the complexion of a Roman lady. You said he was, yes. Pallow and shitty. <laughs> We're two Roman ladies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're two of a kind. <laughs> She's Palawan, I'm shitty. We're two of a kind. <laughs> She'll stab you from the front and I'll stab you from behind. Do two of a kind. Nero loved us, Caligula didn't mind. <laughs> We're pallid and shitty. We're two of a kind. Um, apparently it is a thing it is genuinely still a thing today to wipe babies faces in their own damp nappies which that sounds just <laughs> child abuse uh, I know it is an absolutely horrible thing to do I think possibly the benefits are less medical for the child and more cathartic for the parents after a long day <laughs> being shat on <laughs> how, do you, how does that like how do you like that eh hey hey right in the kisser <laughs> <laughs> not nice is it 
No. Nice being pissed on. <laughs> Shit on me in the bath, will you, a little twat? <laughs> There's obviously a lot of other uses of, of we in medical history, particularly in diagnosing illnesses and imbalances in the body. Uh, I think we've discussed the so-called piss prophets of the 18th and 19th centuries before, haven't yes, we, in this we podcast? Have, yes. So I won't go into them now, but do check out episode 43, long time ago now, Brazilian Samba Dancing Nurses with Incredible Mustaches, uh, which is all about our episode on charlatans, in which you talk about piss prophecy, I think, and I talk about a Brazilian con man who performs backstreet surgery whilst claiming to be possessed by the spirit of a dead First World War German surgeon. That's right. Great episode. Good episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, good times. Anyway, Thomas, I've said a lot of these claims about medical properties, the medical properties of we are still believed today by various alternative health practitioners. And by alternative, I mean, of course, not health practitioners. Anyway, Tom, that is We Through History. Wonderful. A sharpish end, because I've just realised how long we've been recording for. That was a, a rather vulgar episode, wasn't it? We both went mm. vulgar. Surprise, fortunately, surprise. it's go- Fortunately, it's going out too late to uh, be considered in the nominations for the British Podcast Awards in which we're entered. So either this is a celebratory rude episode or a fuck you episode, depending on whether we've been nominated or not. So when do we find out? Tomorrow, one o'clock Tomorrow. at time of recording. How many people get nominated? Don't know. Lots. 4,999. Everyone who enters. We'll get nominated. <laughs> yeah. And we miss out. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, by the time this episode goes out, we'll have already found out if we've been nominated or not. Highly unlikely. Very, very unlikely. We're not very good. <laughs> That's a lie. We're excellent. We're amazing. We're, we are We're the best comedy history We're podcast. <laughs> we are the best comedy history podcast out there by Country Mile. And remember to tell your friends that, listeners. Neither of us are comedians and neither of us are historians, so I don't... <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. We've both got history degrees and I used to do stand-up comedy. Uh, did you? Did you really? I thought that was a lecture. Would we call it? Co- would we call it comedy? Yes. <laughs> I thought that like was a lecture. Hold on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good episode, Tom. Good episode. Uh, yes. Audience, if you want to hear more episodes, exclusive episodes, in fact, don't forget to join the order of the <laughs> the order of the bathtub. Patreon.com slash that was genius for a. An episode just for you every other week. Can't say fair on that. For everyone else, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold your I'm horses. getting way ahead of myself. Way ahead of myself. We need to think of topics for the next couple of weeks, don't we? We need to think of a topic for the next patron exclusive. And we need to think of a topic for the next public episode. And we're also having a week off. We should probably let people know that, shouldn't we? Yes. Yeah, a bit of a holiday. Yeah. Opportunity to refresh our minds. We've got a very long list that we could choose from if you wanted to choose one from the list for patrons for, I think we would choose one for the list choose one from the list for the public Canada and okay We've got a lot of Canada in, can, can, Canada and listeners okay so Canada for the public and dance dance okay we've covered a little bit of dance here and there before but let's do dance week that sounds good dance week okay don't know where that came from yeah perfect dance in two weeks time Canada in three weeks time got it perfect <laughs> Marvellous. Well, thank you so much for listening in, audience. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, do leave us a little review on your podcasting app of choice. It all helps. Uh, even more helpful, tell your friends about us. Bore them at the pub. You mention it inappropriately at funerals. Whatever. Do You, you do you. Uh, and we will see you in a couple of weeks' time. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>